0: I can't stop thinking about them. I keep rereading their old texts. Brian, Brian, this has got to stop. It's been months and they send those alerts to everyone. You know that, right? Look, your bank is leaving, but you've got to get back out there. Listen to me. Any bank would be lucky to have you, especially Bank of Ireland. Really? Yeah, they've even put together a simple step-by-step guide to moving banks and have a dedicated team on hand to help. Even an ending could be a new beginning. To start finding your new banking partner, download our step-by-step guide to moving banks. Search Bank of
1: Ireland
2: Big Move. Begin.
1: Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.
3: The hard shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is Talk.
0: Well, welcome back to the hard show. The regular hard bitten listeners will know that we found, uh, round off the week's output by completing uh, between now and seven o'clock the final firing. It is a great pleasure to welcome for the first time off the ball as uh, John Duggan uh, to Spurs fans, but we all have our crosses to bear in life. Uh, great talker, we'll be uh, welcoming him. Barry Kenny, a corporate communications manager with Irish Rail. Anything new, Barry?
2: Mullingar um, commuters benefiting from Monday Ivan of an extra evening service at 8.47pm Slightly later Slightly later yeah
0: exactly But you still haven't sorted out the uh, Wi-Fi The Wi-Fi no. okay. being You're replaced as we speak Seriously? Absolutely. Oh, yeah.
2: New systems going in on board all On trains. the dirt? On all the trains Yeah,
0: Right And the Wexford line you, as well you, right. First Ivan You this. will be so sorry you said <laughs> that to me because I will test it out <laughs> uh, And uh, Neve Horan of the Sunday Independent uh, Anything in the paper this week or should I not bother getting it?
3: I don't button no joke. <laughs> uh, we have a cracking interview at Rory Best for all you rugby fans out oh, there. I've seen
0: about ten with him lately. He's doing no, doing with it's spec- very, revealing, and so very revealing.
3: Very revealing. Don't lynch did it, and then I have a nice little opinion piece on why climate change is a good thing.
0: Climate change is a good thing. Is this your yeah. own opinion?
3: This is my yes yeah, opinion. You see, but you're with being me. deliberately I'm contrarian. I'm not, I'm not, bear with me. But well, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm black sick it of out, all those. Read it cli- out. I'm, I'm, I'm just climate is <laughs> out of it uh, between uh, the whole lot of them. The UN and the whole lot. Okay, like, let's go to our first topic. How about a four-day working week? Take your pick Monday or Friday off where we discussed it because there was a campaign launched yesterday. Um, Richard Grogan is an employment law specialist. He spoke about the logistics of a working week on yesterday's show. We haven't got the foundations right in the, as yet because we don't have proper enforcement of of working time legislation. But once we get that, yes, the four-day week is a great idea, but that's going to mean that people are going to have to understand the services that they're going to get Right, John Duggan, what's your take on this? Because, uh, as you know, over the years, quite a lot of people... Who've had a career in news talk treat it as a false course for working in RTE. And well, th- I don't. Either. <laughs> so po- I believe in the commercial. Know, sector. Well, RTE wouldn't have me, so it's not a problem. have me. But the point is, when I go meet the Connor Brophy's and the different people who've gone on to be uh, outstanding in RTE and Clareburn, they tell me their basic is a four-day working week. Uh, now, so would it, would it catch on here? And I don't think it would because we're in the commercial
1: sector. It's much more hard-nosed, Ivan, and I, I wouldn't be in favour of a four-day week, but I would be in favour of some type of policy whereby you cannot be contacted outside of work hours unless it's an emergency. Um, I think work is very important. I used to work six days a week, seven days a week. Now, that was too much. You do need a work-life balance, but I also look back at the opportunities I've been given. I went to the World Cup. I went to the Rio Olympics. Those things wouldn't have happened if I hadn't worked extremely hard. I think the bigger issue, and it's not about four-day weeks, is I don't think uh, industries. A lot of, an awful lot of people, because they've got families and that, uh, are maybe in jobs that they don't love, and they're in prisons. So I think the issue is more that people are stressed because they're in the wrong jobs and they're stuck with them because of these responsibilities. I wish industries were more equitable when it came to pay to allow people to follow their dreams.
3: Are you trying to tell us something? Is there something you share? Management,
0: the floor—I on the podcast. And not, enough, not
1: enough. people love what they do. If you love what you do, you will want to work more than four days a week. Now, I can understand from a parenting point of view the the appeal of a four-day week, but I think it's more about the fact that people are stressed out in their jobs. I, 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 I because work they don't love it.
0: That's what I do it for money. Yeah. Like if I didn't get paid, I wouldn't show up. Would Surely, you? being a showman, Ivan is part of the, not the, the, the at fulfillment all. Not at all. If you if the invoice isn't covered, I'm sorry. Uh, what's the story, dude? Like journalists, you're kind of is it, is it you almost self employed? You can turn up when you like. You can say, "Oh, I'm out in Navin on a story, <laughs> <laughs> lying on the shovel." Another tequila, please. <laughs>
3: Shh, don't tell them. I I work a four day week, and I have done so since my the very beginning. And I nurse it like a baby. I love it. What's never your days off? Does it change? Sunday, Monday and Tuesday... And I'm very passionate about my job, and I love it. But I still love my four day week. But well, I'd
0: say you're thinking about it in I'm, the back of your recesses, your mind, what you might do. I'll next tell you week. something. Or, or you're reading other I'm stuff. I'm
3: never off if yeah. you're having a conversation and something comes up, and you see my eyes just kind of get a little bit okay. bigger. You know that I've just clocked on to, and I'm going to yes. use. But um, I would also then I'd say if you rang me at ten o'clock at night and asked me to do something, I'd have more enthusiasm and energy to do it. And I'm not just saying this; I genuinely would. I've returned. I've um. I've been on the way to the Airport. My boss called me and said, "There's a story, and I've left my holiday." but well,
0: Sorry, would you take a call on a Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday?
3: Hundred percent. I'm saying, call me when all I'm all right. So I'm more enthusiastic and have more energy, and I'm not—I don't feel like I'm tired all this, the time. Do, do,
0: you, is there a presenteeism in your job that you're expected in Taldweth Street for the days you're no, on?
3: No, where they try to to because that is a lot. It's like, oh, my boss needs to see me to see that I'm there, and it's not. As long as you come back with the goods, as long as you leave. This the d- sounds
0: like Thomas Cook as travel you work it, for. As
3: long as you lay the. D- dead mouse in the doormat that's what matters you can be there all week and you can be surfing Facebook and doing date-mas? nothing when you go off and do your kill and come back and say oh, here's right. what so I you, have so you, you <laughs> eat what you kill is exactly that it? <laughs> and I, yeah, I, yeah exactly
0: I'd be fascinated with your answer Barry because the public sector is a whole different culture Insofar as you're entitled to your nine days sick leave it, it's, it's a you know you can turn up and don't really have to work just tell us about a four day week how it would work in Irish Rail
2: well I mean I can remember this for decades. We were told that with the advance of technology and with automation, that, that we'd all be working three or four days and we'd all have kind of buckets of leisure time. But actually, what technology has done, as you say, has created this expectation where we're, we always have
0: to be what John available. About, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so
2: yeah. my, my working week's a five-day week. Um, I do my best to confine when I'm in the building to office hours. But the job will always follow. I mean, I as far as I'm concerned, once I'm on the island... I'm on call and
0: I'm, Which, on, I'm yes, unavailable. Which is communications manager. Yeah. Uh, would, would most journalists have your number? So if, they, if yeah, well, a story like, breaks, sure. a train breaks down, yeah. I'm upset, yeah. or if there's a rumoured strike yeah, yeah. or whatever. And
2: because we provide such an excellent service to the media, they know that they'll get us as well, you know. But so, that is, so you're
0: actually on call the whole time. Yeah,
2: but, well, I mean, we we formally have a kind of on call rota, but effectively I always feel I'm so on the you So would duty. you
0: put your phone on call divert or would you just block, uh, would you just switch it off?
2: No, no, it's all, if I'm here, as I say, if I'm in Ireland... I consider myself it's it's basically fair game. When I'm abroad, when I'm actually on holidays, I'm as absolutely okay. disciplined okay. as I can be.
0: that okay. I will well, not Barry, check it's, in it's, on work because I mean the okay. graveyard is full of the indispensable. Okay, well well Barry, it's not all about you. In so far <laughs> as there's a <laughs> lot of people working our shift. Right? Yeah, yeah. How would it work? Well, for I rosters? mean
2: ultimately, ultimately you've got it, it would obviously affect it quite significantly because most of our operational staff be people who are essential for the trains to run, the drivers, the signalers, etc. They're on a five over seven week. And so within that, you would have to radically change the resources uh, that you have.
0: My final furlong panellists of Niamh Horan, Barry Kenny and John Duggan are staying with me, but it's time to catch up on the latest news headlines. Thanks for that update, folks. Uh, my final furlong panellist today, Neve Horan, journalist with the Sunday Independent, off the balls legend that is John Duggan, and Barry Kenny, uh, available 24 7 to answer your queries on any aspect of the communications with Irish Rail. He's never off when he's on the island. I'll hold him to that one anyway. Right. Well, now, have you ever pulled a sickie after a night? Well, a hungover night. Heavy night on the booze. Well, on Monday, a German court ruled that hangovers are an actually illness term after plaintiffs brought a mis selling action against a firm selling anti hangover shots and drink uh, powders. Well, Kira Kelly, we had to turn to our medic here on the station, Lunchtime Live presenter. I asked her, what actually is a hangover?
3: Sometimes you can have a woecious hangover where you're actually very sick and you're shaky and you feel rotten and your head is thumping and you could be throwing up and of course you're sick. But you're not sick because you've got the flu. You're not sick because you've been unlucky. You're sick because you drank too much the night before
0: which got us thinking, okay, have our panellists ever pulled a sickie? Uh, what are some of the worst excuses you've ever used? Well, seeing as you don't have to work Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> you have plenty of time to get over your Saturday You'll nights, which surprised. are famous. All right.
3: No, in journalism, it's not about coming into work and a hangover. For many years, I was coming into work drunk. That was the... <laughs> <right>? <laughs> not me now, I'm talking with the previous course, generation. where We're the clean living Fleet ones. Fleet
0: Street and all of that. <laughs> exactly. No, no but where did you ever pull a sickie?
3: Never, Never? <laughs> no. I just, I. To be honest, my well, hangovers. You, you take a drink. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't drink. You know what I'm like. I'm like a nun these days. But I no, genuinely, my You're hangovers. Quite my actually, hangovers. I, I okay. get to fear very badly, so I get quite anxi. So I can't stay in bed. I need to be doing something. I need to be distracted. So actually, work is and a, and, and a the good the, the, the
0: journalism sector, as you alluded to, have. In the past, had a reputation for it It now. But when you look out on the floor now, like I think the ones that are coming out of college for the last few years, you know, don't really. The whole boozy thing is not synonymous. This is the
3: thing, I think without wanting people to go out and drink or to like Link saying it's a good thing for a culture there are very clean living kind of be at your desk all day type 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 and the stories and the legends that are have come out over the years from um from journalism when drink was involved and going on a three day bender and coming back on an absolute cork of a splash and you f- probably You know, got, that's you the
0: reason why they have a far... dull visitors bar and a doll bar for this members This is the thing Because you... journalists will be One there the tips... listening to your salacious gossip yes. when you're on the lash.
3: One of the tips I got from when I started was always have your drink in your hand when you're talking to people because they won't trust you without one. And it's a you good know, idea. Uh, yeah. Yes. And, and you're
0: saying it's gin and it's just fizzy water.
3: And and your best your best um, stories have been gotten over drinks and actually getting familiar and friendly with people rather than and you're
0: very you can fake that really well. <laughs> I'm your best friend. I love you. I'm on your side. You then go. you pick up the Sunday Independent. You've been knifed in the back. All right, John. Uh, drink hangovers. Uh, do you take a drink? I do
1: take a drink. Um, I'm a good social drinker, um, but I don't think it works in broadcasting. Uh, it might work in the in the newspaper game, um, but in broadcasting, forget about it because it affects your productivity, your sharpness, your voice, your decision-making. And look, I've been on radio 21 years, and of course there have been days when I've come in hungover. But then the words are like meteors. They're like rocks coming at you on the screen. You just can't do it.
0: Back in the day,
1: you know what I mean? Like, there was a different culture. There was a different culture, and that that was fine for the day. And uh, you'd hear the stories of journalists, uh, especially editors. They're going out for the pint at lunchtime and then coming back and doing the paper. Uh, but I just think I just think for broadcasting, it's different. It's a depressant. You don't do your best work on it. You want to be sharp as you're a broadcaster. Ivan, I know you're so sharp every day when you come in here. Um, <laughs> well, I, I also think it's important to respect and savor a drink. And I might, might sound a bit like uh, sanctimonious here, but I think drinking on your downtime is a better option. Uh, coming into work hungover is just a waste of the day because you're yeah. not your
0: best. Well, I, w- I was actually uh, doing this drinks conference and they told me there's been a revolution. Uh, back in the day... Uh, in Enniscorthy growing up. Saturday night people would go out with the lads and they Friday night, Saturday night, but Sunday night they would have music in the pub and couples would go out and it has completely ended. The people are so work focused now, Sunday night trade has just disappeared. So I think that, you know I think people now regard, you know what I mean, a complete segregation between their socializing and their work life. Yeah and and that's probably a good thing. It might be a little bit boring and
1: dull to say it. Um, we all want to hang off the chandeliers. I can do that the, with the best of them. Um, I do think sometimes it, it can be great uh, just to have a like to break the ice with people if you're going out with people in the industry, yeah. in sport and that kind of thing. But generally, you demark that from
0: your broadcasting. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I think there's no question of that. Um, do, do you think it is it a, a clinical condition that we should uh, do as the Germans do it's, for Oktoberfest? No, yeah,
2: actually, it's interesting. I worked uh, when I did a summer working in uh, Germany in 1991 our factory had its own microbrewery um it was in uh, it was actually in bavaria just yeah. outside and everybody had a drink at lunch in this factory and like just we, one uh, yeah yeah just it was one free? just one it was free because yeah. it was from it was from the factory's yeah. micro brewery. no I, I i don't think it is And look i work in a company that has very strict alcohol and drugs regulations any one of us in the company myself included can are liable to random drug and alcohol testing at work uh because obviously the, many of the roles are safety critical. And but are, do they enforce it? Oh, yeah, I was random now tested. I don't understand last...
0: why you would for drivers, yeah, but yeah. for communication, No, but I mean, the fact because
2: we have that expectation of, uh, of uh, all of our safety critical personnel, uh, it is about equality of treatment across the company. So I was actually at the Rolling Stones concert in May last year in Croke Park, I and I had two drinks before it, and I said, no, that's it. I'm going to the concert. I have to be right for work in the morning. And lo and behold, the next morning I was called out for the for the random test. My God! So um, it is. And so as someone as just a, knocks
0: on your door. and yeah. say, Barry.
2: Well, the the, the test just come into the building or the, the and what the if you were place. just like a, a
0: road test, slightly over it? Would, would you? you're subject
2: to disciplinary, absolutely. You know, and it's it's very clear. And there, we have a responsibility to to the wider world and then internally. So if I know. Like, what it does to me is it takes out all spontaneity. So they obviously told you, Mary, <laughs> no, no, tomorrow will you be tested? Yeah. How, if it, if how, the how test many of the
3: tests come back positive? That's what I want to know. Very, very Question. few.
2: And actually, there's quite a difference between ear and ear and employees and contractors. I think, actually, it may even been Sunday another you know, other reported about this uh, previously. Uh, but because that culture is so strong uh, internally, it is a very, very low uh, rate that we have. So, it's it, look, it's, it's critical. What it means is, if I know I'm going to be going out, if I know I'm going to think... I will take the next day off. It's as simple as that. Right.
0: Well, they do say eight hours and you're okay.
2: Yeah, but I mean, the scale, isn't there? You right. Know? John, i right. off. Well, we have <laughs> such an ab-
0: <laughs> abstemious uh, panel today. I'm going to have to move on from that topic. Well, in fact, my panel of Neve Horan, Barry Kenny, and John Duggan are staying with me. We'll have more after this quick break. Welcome to the final part of the final furlong. My guests today, Neve Horn of the Sunday Independent, Off the Balls John Duggan, and Irish Rails Barry Kenny. Well, here we go again. The millennial generation are having a moan. This was a global survey, a massive survey involving forty-two countries, thirteen and a half thousand uh, millennials, and it, millennials defined by date of birth, nineteen eighty-three to nineteen ninety-four. And it it came back that they're not overly happy. They uh, got it harder than previous generations. John, Duggan, what's your take on millennials? You're surrounded by quite a few of them. Millennials are just like any other people. But I think
1: the issue here, Ivan, is people are addicted to their phones and they can't switch off. They're addicted in shops. They're addicted in restaurants. They're addicted in pubs. They're addicted in public transport. And I think there's an underestimation of the revolution that social media and phones has, has wrought. I dropped my phone in the cafe last night and was panicking immediately because this right. is my phone. This is my, this is my life. This is my office. And imagine you social media when 9-11 happened. So I read the survey, 62% of respondents from Ireland wanted to buy their own home compared to 49% globally. Now, I know some countries like Germany have got a rent culture, but affordability of housing, that's a serious short and medium term issue. Uh, It's a valid point. Nearly two thirds of people said they'd be physically and mentally healthier if they gave up social media. Look around you today. I think it is a negative. The, the, this 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 phone thing.
0: I you think it's got to the point? It's got to the point of uh, the benefits people, of having the the window yeah, on the world, yeah. instant access. You can get your sports updates. You can get everything. As now, where is it, where has it been the tipping point?
1: Well, I just it, 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 the tipping point is that people are not switching off, and um, there's much more access to information, right? Which is Actually, like that's a good thing. It's like the sea though; it's utterly relentless and it never stops. We have a populist disease in the world right now with Trump and Johnson, in my view. Right, they're making more people pessimistic about their leaders, about the moral code of the people that are our leaders, and and I think there's just a huge amount of frustration there. And also, there's, there's this kind of vicious circle. There's a punishment culture that's kind of come into social media. Um, everything has to be very, you know, uh, by the book. Um, like even you see that's Richard Kyo's story. Richard Kyo was out of line. Um, shouldn't have this done what a, he did.
0: A, a drink drive accident. Yeah. Or incident, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and he'll get the book. With right, injuries, right? Yeah. right, right rightly, uh, he'll get the book, okay? Right. Um Now, he wasn't uh, guilty of any offence because he was just a passenger in the yeah. car, but his career could be over. Yeah. But that is an example of something where, okay, uh, you know, the, the punishment for him as a footballer will fit the crime. But generally, people get so offended, they're so caught up in this bubble of addiction to phones and social media. And I think that that then feeds... Challenges to mental health, and it also feeds uh, dissatisfaction because there's a lack of control. That's my view.
0: No, but but no, but the 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 point here is this: you're absolutely right in what you say in terms of the ubiquitous nature of the smartphone, right? But like, there's days I come in here and I've said or done something or been involved in something, and people are sort of on fire with Twitter. Now I'm not personally on Twitter. I'm. I don't, I don't know how to work. I'm barely able to send texts. And the point about it is, Facebook. I've never been on. I actually have a clearer mind and a happier state of contentment that I'm not in this echo chamber. Surely, if I can make that decision, you know what. I understand the commercial and I'm uh, sorry, I will Google things. Do so you
1: agree with me? It's an addiction, even
0: yeah. Barry. Oh,
3: yeah. absolutely, yeah. But I think in other ways that we're more on top of our mental health than other generations. You know what I mean? We're more clued in. We're more willing to talk about it, and um, I just think we're more enlightened about things. We don't act out all our old stuff, you know, on you know on people in the same way maybe generations were before. You know For example. Mean? Like, just, I just think you don't act out your own. I think just in terms of owning your stuff and owning your kind of baggage, I just think we're more clued into like our kind of our inner world. You worlds. mean
0: more self-obsessed?
3: No, well, definitely, I think this generation are more narcissistic. I think if yeah, there's one thing, definitely. one thing we need to learn, like, as in my opinion, is the most, over yourself. most important on, on Twitter or whatever, or my breakfast is important on Instagram. But I think w- this, we need to learn humility. If there was one thing this generation needs to learn Do is humility. Do you think they humility. lack humility? Massively, yeah. Yeah. And I think actually, we, we've. No, I
0: actually don't find that from the point of. Just say you have an intern comes yeah. in here. Yeah. I find that they're, they're, they're quite mild and meek and timid and so maybe on. You know, they're in, not brassy and like I would maybe be. Maybe in some you know. ways, but
3: I think it's become a bit of a dirty word. Humility, you know. I think people see it as a bit of weakness, but it's not. It's you know, and I just think, uh, you know, a lot of millennials see themselves as the most important. My opinion is the most important. My day is the breakfast or whatever. That's why right, that i meant myself obsessed. Yeah, and I just think it, you know that you turn off the. Do you think this universe. is
0: just a fad though? Because we've got to distinguish between fads and trends here is this something that will just come around
3: Yeah, I, I can see more and more people I know getting off Facebook for example getting all, I came off Instagram I came off Facebook um, you know I'd be more aware now of my, my phone use and stuff like that so, Do you think yeah, you have I a think... better
0: quality of life?
3: Oh, uh, massively I was dr- comparing despair that's what it was and tell me do you think the difference
0: between virtual friends and real friends in terms of you might if you're so obsessed as John says with virtual life you miss out on real friendships I think there's no such time?
3: thing as a virtual friend I think there's a nice little checklist that you can do I mean do you go to somebody's followers, house followers you know uh, yes, do you yes. tell them if you've had a bad day you know there's kind of real life checklist and I think a lot of these friends in inverted commas don't stand up we, to that and that
2: real life checklist doesn't actually change mm based on any social media activity on any, on any channel. I mean, look, I think the, the points on social media are absolutely valid, Ivan, but I do think that the millennials have a right uh, for the outlook in the surveys. Effectively, society is a conspiracy against them. Uh, the things that we grew up expecting and in many cases actually achieving are not as available to them uh, as they were to us. Home ownership, job security. Uh, you know, pension security, issues like this, it's all being ripped up in front of their eyes. And that has to have an effect. Well
0: sorry, well, sorry, is it a conspiracy or is it a competitive rat race?
3: And maybe we're that anxious because we don't have all those stable things that our our, fam- our parents had. You know what I mean? We don't, I mean, your home, it's like, you know what I mean? There is a psychological thing behind that where it's yours and a landlord isn't going to come around and put up the rent. Yeah. Isn't there much and-
0: opportunity? I mean, like, what's that—the Collison Brothers stripe? I mean, can someone start off with nothing and become? I would, to, the, to, the, to the, be fair, three, or is it is it, it that something that's not ever thus? As, as has, leaving like, aside the general issue of housing, on the specifics, if you get someone who's an absolute talented workaholic, can they get to the top of any profession as as
1: previously? Of course, they can, but I think the the game is loaded more in favour of the elites than it was and the, the 1%. Um, it almost kind of strikes me, uh, Ivan, as you remember The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman that he's banging on, banging on the window at the end and that's what I almost kind of feel like the millennial generation feel and that, that there's nobody listening to them to break the glass and to have a more equitable society. And back to what I said at the very start of the, the final furlong that industries are not equitable enough when it comes to pay. Uh, allowing people to follow their dreams I think there's a huge frustration around that and this phone which I'm picking up here yeah, now yeah. you can't see it is not helping matters yeah like there's no, a pub, there's a I pub there's a pub that says we don't have wifi because we want people to talk to each other right. and there's another pub uh, that says okay we got a sandwich board that says 3D tinder 3D Tinder. (laughs) As in, talk to to each other. I need you to 3D Tinder
0: means. It's actually real life dating I'm a slow learner when it comes to Tinder. (laughs) All right, let's go to our final topic, which is, is quite amusing. We are Brexit fatigued out of it, but there was an interesting story about biscuits. Right, it could be crunch time for biscuit fans, as a no deal Brexit could bring about shortages in tea time treats. Maryland cookies, wagon wheels, the maker, British, Burton's Foods, have been stockpiling ingredients ahead of uh, Brexit because sales have shot up and therefore we might be without certain sweet treats that we import. So the question is, what is the favourite bicky of our panellists? Is it a traditional hobnob, a rich tea, a jammy dodger? Barry, what's your sweet indulgence? Um... Well, back
2: in college days, I always found a packet of bourbon creams when you were short on the dough uh, was a good substitute for an evening meal. And would
0: you be a dunker or a non-dunker? Oh, no,
2: no, 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 no. Direct, you know, I mean, it was...
0: But they kind of melt, you know, when you dip them in the tea or the coffee.
2: No, 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 absolutely savor. But when it comes down to the chocolate hobnob, I don't understand how we don't have like altars to it. It's just a magnificent I
0: prefer the one because the you eat more of them if without the chocolate you get the oaty taste no it's that
2: whole dryness in your mouth and everything sticking to the top of your but mouth but
0: you dunk it again There's no no no, no but the chocolate and what that, about you know? so, something stronger than like a Mars bar Or a nice slice of Victoria sponge
2: <laughs> this very Like a classy <laughs> person like me <laughs> the, Very traditional I wouldn't have had you going back like, No well, uh, I'm down to Naby The toffee pop then if, I, if, if if child me was looking at this The toffee pop would be the existential threat Like that was the absolute yeah. truth Because you
0: get the chocolate, the biscuit yeah. and the toffee pop. Yeah, there was something
2: kind of that, that felt like you okay. know, Reaching the
0: elite was actually to get John, a toffee
2: pop John Jaffa Cakes
1: Jaffa Cakes. They're one of the products under threat from this um, nonsense and inconvenience. <laughs> You've researched I, this, obviously. I have, yeah. Well, Fairy Liquid is another one. Um, um, maybe some Marks and Spencer Ready Meals so you could freeze, but generally Jaffa Cakes because I'm, I'm, I buzz them. I'm like a buzzsaw with them. I'm and would, them you,
0: would you dunk them?
1: No, I wouldn't dunk a jaffa cake, but I dunk a I, I dunk a digestive. But there is a little. You have to not go over the tipping point of dunking because the worst thing that's that happens right. when you oh, dunk, but it breaks off in, on you. you know, so yeah, that, absolutely. That a tra- that's a tragedy for your tea. But so. then you
0: get a spoon and you get all the. No, 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 uh, the, no, no the It ruins everything. Ones. Everything yeah, is yeah. ruined. So <laughs> that's why I that's why I go to jaffa cakes and I don't dunk them because of that danger. Yes, no, you're right, but and but actually, when you do dunk them, the chocolate melts a bit. But the problem with jaffa cakes is. For me, with a, a rather large mouth, that one, you could pop the entire thing in in one go and you actually end up did you eat a whole bloody packet of them Like, have well done there's it, yeah. eating and drinking on the the hobnobs and so on or you know the toffee pop bar you wouldn't go for a second one that's the problem with Jaffa Cakes you swallow Jaffa Cakes you don't eat them that's before. right
3: there is something that they do with food nowadays that it, it makes it more meltable so you'll eat more and Jaffa Cakes is one of those you know that they kind of they disappear on the thong. in your mouth yeah, yeah Yeah. there you go
0: what's your indulgence Um,
3: I don't eat biscuits oh, I do, however <laughs> Well, you However, killed the moment! No, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm no, sorry. There's there no is, coming back there is, from I, this. Can I just say there is a goat's yogurt that I'm going to miss a lot. That won't be around anymore. A Goat's, <laughs> a goat's yogurt. yogurt. I'd say it's
0: bitter. It's beautiful <laughs> and <laughs> as twisted it's, as you can. It's get. Like sex Some of those, those are so sour. <laughs> Like are they sweetened?
3: No, it's just vanilla goats. Normal, original. No, like but it I is. find that
0: with goat's cheese and and, and, uh, and Deirdre won't eat it so she doesn't buy it so I don't eat it. But the point about it is that th- those yogurts, those plain yogurts, you need to put sugar in them or something. They're too nah, bitter. No,
3: because fl- you have too much of your artificial sugar coming from your Jaffa cakes. If you put all that down you'd t- you taste the flavour. And flavor. what have you got
0: against the bicky?
3: I, I just, I don't eat them anymore. Just I, Did oh, you once? Junk food, yeah. Two years ago I gave them up.
0: Right all right well there's only one thing left for Neve Horn to do and that's to go into the nunnery (laughs) uh, because she lives such a virtuous life uh, we're going to have to call a halt to the whole thing all right my thanks uh, for being such good sports and elucidating on everything from millennials to God knows what else I have found it fascinating my thanks uh, to uh, journalist in the Sunday Independent Neve Horn who are going to read about how climate change is a good thing Barry Kenny who has promised me you've heard on air we're going to keep this uh, On record that he's fixing uh, the Wi-Fi But if you're going to Mullingar Great news for a late night train And off the ball John, how come you're not in Tokyo Or going to some of the exotic places? Ah no,
1: I was in Rio when I was in Russia Ivan, you you can't hog it all Right, right, well <laughs> Also, I, I wouldn't have been able to go in the final for a long
0: time. Well, yeah. there are some things you just knock it out of the park My thanks uh, to one Nolan That's your lot from the hard shoulder for this week My thanks to the production team Mark Simpson, Ashling Moore, Dan Flanagan Roisin Davis and Siobhan Walsh Off the Ball, yes, is up next I'll be back on Monday at 4pm Have a great weekend and thanks for listening <laughs>